Ron? There's one there. Yep. Hey everyone, this is Anthony with Interviews at Everyday People. I'm here at Culture to Culture uh, in downtown Pottsville. Um, we're going to be here live for the second time now with uh, at, at, at uh, Culture to Culture Conversation Cafe. And we're going to have people joining us, hopefully, and having some conversations. And uh, it's like I said, it's a great place. Um, I don't know the exact address. we got to get that for you. But it's uh, it's right across the, the parking lot from the Crimson House. So, uh, yeah, we're going to meet some cool people tonight and, and, and find some things out. So this is going to be edited here and there. And we'll find different ways to get fancy with it because I'm not very good at video editing yet. But we'll get there. Um, um, but yeah, so this is going to be a, like a little introduction here. So look forward to some great conversations, and, and always come down to Culture Cafe, Conversation Cafe in uh, Pottsville. It's every Friday night, starts at seven o'clock. Um, they do live music, have great topics, and great conversation. Um, if you're a local artist who wants to come perform, um, message me or at message their Facebook page, and uh, we'll get you in to perform some music as well. Um, it's, it's like I said, it's a blast and. And it's definitely something I think everyone in the area should at least come down and experience one time. All right, so we'll, we'll end at that, and then we'll come see. You. We'll we'll be back in a few minutes here. Okay, see you soon. Hey everyone, this is Anthony with Interviews with Everyday People. I'm here at Conversation Cafe in downtown Pottsville. What is the actually address of Conversation Cafe? Art Street. Art Street. Yeah. So the best way I describe it is it's right across the parking lot from the Crimson House. It's the old Ciders Printing Building. Okay. Yeah. So this is this happens every Friday. At seven o'clock starts up. Right. Um, this is our second time here, but uh, I feel like we didn't really do a good job of saying where it was at. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So it. Uh, it's you know every Friday seven o'clock. Great topics, great live music. Um, if you're if you're ever looking to come down, I definitely recommend it. It's a great place for people to come and and and, uh, and come experience this. Now you are a peer support specialist here. That is correct. Yes. Uh, introduce yourself. What, okay. Well, first of all, my name is Joe Mooney, and I was um, born and raised in Mechanicsville. Currently live here in Pottsville. Mm -hmm. um, I have been dealing with uh, mental illness since I'm roughly the age of five. Uh, did not get officially diagnosed until uh, 2003. Okay. So, you know, between um, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, basically, I had a, a basically cover it up. Mm -hmm. you know? And, I mean, it, we're just getting to a point now where it's starting, the conversation is yep. starting to come about. Right. So, I mean, you've you've gone your entire life where the conversation wasn't even thought of. No. No, we, we that was a taboo subject. Yeah. It was it was either just just get better like there was nothing yeah had, yeah you were saying or basically they just denied there was anything wrong. Mm -hmm. What are some experiences you had growing up with that when you when you would come to? Uh, well, basically, I wasn't very social. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of social problems. Um, as in my teenage years, my depression really got bad mm -hmm. to the point where I just basically became a wallflower. And um, I was I was very good in school. You know, I mean, I was in the upper one percent, but. Outside of that, nobody could understand why I wasn't so outgoing, mm -hmm. you know. And I always you couldn't really away. be yourself. No. Yeah. No. No. And um, you know, I managed to. You know, I went to college. I had a you know a great career. Believe it or not, as a radio broadcaster. Yeah. That's that so, voice. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, but you know, trying to hold it together, you know, I could feel myself slowly coming apart. Mm -hmm. And then in uh, June twentieth of two thousand two, my father passed away of a heart attack and we were super close and then a year later it just finally all just fell apart for me mm -hmm. so i um ended up going to the uh, psychiatric hospital uh, a few months later and that's when i was officially diagnosed mm -hmm. with my condition now i gotta understand you know growing up in the 80s too there was nothing as far as mental health services for youth mm -hmm. 
you know, because it was considered an adult's disease, not a children's disease. It really wasn't until 1990 that people finally started to realize, hey, wait a minute, you know, this just doesn't kick in when you turn 18. You're born like this. You know, you can be born with this. What, what were you diagnosed with? Uh, my official diagnosis is uh, bipolar disorder with seasonal affective disorder, social, uh, social anxiety disorder, and attention deficit disorder. So putting it into the lamest terms, or someone who, who doesn't know what any of that means, what are... Like, try to paint a picture of what you kind of go Okay, through. well, ADD is the, probably the most complex one. Um, it's kind of like your mind is an eight-lane highway that suddenly merges into two, mm-hmm. you know, and things got get um, tw- turned around, twisted, forgotten. Uh, things come out wrong, distorted. Uh, seasonal affective disorder, basically, uh, with mine, it's the wintertime. My mood changes. You know, I don't become as active or as outgoing. Uh, basically, with the major depression, it's basically I don't have the ability to control my emotional level. Same with bipolar. Mm-hmm. Okay, basically, it has had, it's like it's like you have a mind that has a mind of its own, mm-hmm. you know, and it suddenly it'll just take off on you, and you don't know what's going on half the time. Have Have any of your disorders ever landed you into any trouble? Uh, it has not with the law come close, mm-hmm. but in school it did, yeah. and in the home it did. But not so much with the law. Okay. I guess that, that's sometimes where, you know, even, with, even growing up, the law wouldn't understand that you're going through something. Right. They just think you're being, you're out, you're, 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 you're put you're out, how am I, so, uh, you're um, acting out, or you're, they didn't understand that. Right. So, yeah. Um, so then you went through, you, obviously, you, you checked yourself in, you found out, you, you realized that there was an issue. You were talking earlier about tonight that... Yes. Um, you became self-aware, but then you also started doing research on, yes. your, on your on your stuff. So you got not only were you self-aware, but then you started going through the proper steps to find out what you can do to get better. Right. Because I think a lot of people when they when they get a diagnosis, there's a fork in the road. And I mean, it, this goes with anything in life. It could be with grieving. It could be with anything. There, you always come to that fork, and you decide if you're going to. <laughs> for your your fork, and my the way I would describe it is you hit your fork, and you could have went one way and said this is my diagnosis, and then I'm just going to go my life with that diagnosis, or you're going to say, and then a lot of people who take that fork, they'll put barriers up in front of them, like I can't do this, 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 and this, and mm-hmm. this, because they're telling me my diagnosis tells me I can't. Right. And you kind of went a different path and saying, how can I educate, help people, not put those barriers up, and and still be a social active um sufficient person in society with this with this what they're telling me what i have right yes yeah there's many people out there that many many celebrities many famous people you know that do suffer from this and they went on to have extremely successful lives and i thought you know what if they can do it so can i and so can anybody else i was uh when i struggled with depression for a long time and then just recently i mean this is when something that wasn't talked about but um i I was a big professional wrestling fan and growing up and hearing guys like jake the snake and and macho man randy savage and the rock and all these and stone cold steve austin the guys who like i'm a superhero guy i like my nerdy comic book stuff as well but to me professional wrestlers were the embodiment of what a superhero was and to hear that they went they go through the same things i do i'm like yeah but they still went out like some of those guys have social anxiety They, they don't like to be in public but they go out in front of 10,000 people and put a show on like so you, you could put a barrier up or you can find a way around it so that was a that was an inspiration for me you know it's finding that the my idols struggle with stuff and then you can go about and and and, and still do great things right yeah so how did you become a peer support specialist okay well i guess it all started about 2015 when i first heard about it and then i asked you know what is that 
And they told me that, you know, what they do is that this is a person that works with people with mental illness on life skills and, and problem solving and it helps them support them in their recovery. And I thought, you know, that is a great idea. I think that's something I would like to do because I know what it's like to be there and not have anybody understand you. I know what it's like to want help. I know what it's like to need help and not have that help there. I know what it's like to have, to want someone to listen, someone to talk to, and there's nobody there. I can be that person. Mm -hmm. you know, I can give people the help and the comfort and the friendship that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to prevent others to, from going through what I went through. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, there was a great line that was delivered tonight. I, I believe you uh, you were Eddie. You kind, of, you kind of tag teamed a little bit on it. Um, the one question was, "Can you fix me as a peer support specialist?" And the answer was, um, "I can't fix you." You have to be able to fix yourself. Right. But I will give you the direction on where to right. go to do it. I think that's I think that's what a lot of people misunderstand when they go through things. It could be traumas, uh, griefing, addiction, um, anything like that, me mental illness. Where listen, you can't go to a therapist and they're not going to fix you, and they're not going to fix you overnight. No. They can only steer you in the right direction. But there has to be at some point you have to have self awareness, and you be you have to be able to want to fix yourself as well. And no one's going to whisper a magic phrase in your ear. To rewire your brain, but they can help you show this is the path I took to get where right. I am now. And also, the only person that knows you the best is you. Yeah. So therefore, you're the only one that knows how to fix yourself. Absolutely. You know. Now, how can people get involved in becoming a peer support specialist? Okay. Well, basically, they have several trainings. Um, most of them are usually down in the Lebanon Valley or down in the Harrisburg area. Um, if you are involved with um, service access management or with a therapist or with a behavioral health service, um, ask, inquire about that. Mm -hmm. You know, say, hey, I'm interested in doing this. What steps do I have to take to, to, mm -hmm. to do this? Um, I know in my case I had to get, um, I was with Sam, and then um, they, they got the information for me, and then I eventually, you know, mm -hmm. took the steps, got the training, got the certificate, and got everything Now, else. that's something that's starting, you, you guys are starting to try to do here. Yes, here start. Culture to Culture, we're starting hopefully within the next several months. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to start providing peer support service here. Yeah. And then, uh, not only that, you're going to help provide maybe the education to help people become peer support specialists. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's something that we want to work towards, too. Yeah. Now... As someone who's from the area, and you're you come you, you come across as somewhere like I do, you're, there's 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 people who say, you know, Schuylkill County is is a dump. This area is nothing but a bunch of drunks and drug addicts, and there, and you can sit there and say that as a person, but there's there's a type of person you can be where you can turn around and say, I'm not going to be a product of my environment, right. and leave it alone. Or you're going to be someone who I'm proud of where I'm from, and I care about the people here. I'm going to stay and try to make a change. You can always talk. You can you can bash everything all day long, but there's it takes a different person to stand up and say, "Let's make a change." Yeah, there's a and then and I think right now the situation is they're the minority. Yes, we are a very small minority. But now you look here in Pottsville and all the businesses that are coming up and all the businesses that have opened. Well, there's a prime example. These people don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. They don't see this as God's waiting room. Yes, you know they see this as having potential. Absolutely. You know, and they need to look at it and look at it that way. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge reason why I I mean when I I was started this podcast in November. I'm not sure how long Culture Culture has been going on, um, but I, 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 somebody, uh, actually my, my friend Steve Fulton, his wife Kendra found out about this, and she said, this is kind of like your podcast, you should check it out. And I came down one day, and I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. And we, we all started talking, and we kind of, you know, we, met, we had that common ground, and we want to make a change in our area. You know, we're, we're about the action. I mean, instead of sitting back and talking about it, we're about doing it. That's, you know what I mean? And letting yeah. people know that there is, there is 
there's support in our area. You're going through how many, I mean, with this number 28, the 28 yes. Conversation Cafe, I can't, I, I can tell you, I, I mean, I'm not here every week, but I, I made a, I, I've been here a lot of it. And I love when someone comes in off the street who's never been here before. They sit down and they can, op- they literally come off the street, open their heart, and realize that they're in a, an environment where they can be themselves and they can open up and they can find that help and they keep coming back. And it's a it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you see some amazing transformations here. You see people who struggled with the drug addiction, and they said, you know, today I, I was going to use or I was going to go through the situation, and they walk out the door and they're back next Friday saying the reason I didn't do anything is because I felt like I would let my family down here. You know what I mean? So like yeah. we've built like that that relationship has been built with the community already, and it's just a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to f- basically what this is. This is the light in the darkness. Yes. If you're looking for the light, we got it. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do. We want to provide you a light in your darkness. Yeah. So we know it. We've been in that darkness, and we found the light. What are some of your personal goals that you have when it comes to, uh, you know, the area, our conversation cafe, our culture to culture? Well, I hope that the one thing that I pride myself on is I lead by example. Mm-hmm. You know, actions speak louder than words, as I said before. Uh, you know. Knowing is half the battle. So, you know, I like to lead by example, and I do that. I'm very active in my community. I'm very active in my church. Uh, I'm also, I also have a job in my own apartment and everything, so I can live a normal life and lead a normal life. Yeah. You know, and being active in the community is, is a tremendous push, is a tremendous positive. Yeah. Because not only are you proving to everyone that you can do it, but you're getting something back from it. You're getting some self-satisfaction knowing that, hey, I can make a difference and a good difference. I personally, for me, even with this podcast, I love when someone like, hey, I watched your interview with such and such person, and um, their story inspired me to 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 help or get the help I need to do something else. And it's it's so it's such a gratifying thing that something similar of just hearing a voice or, or, yes. or reaching out and, and putting that being that light in the darkness can can change someone's life and, and make them still be here. Yes, you know, and it's, it's it's awesome. And then that the positivity is such. You know, the word cancer is something is a word that sounds so negative, but I mean, negativity is a cancer as well as positivity, yes, and it, it spreads. And if you're the person who spreads that positivity and that, I mean, you can take over, you can take over the world with it. I mean, you can do amazing things with positivity. And I think a big part of the negativity is fear, ignorance. Stupidity is what mm-hmm. it is. Those are the three things that and it's, people it's, don't understand. People will not believe what they don't understand. And it's, it's an easier path to take. Exactly. Uh, you know, I can sit like going back to the t- down talk in the area. You can be that person to be like, man, this area sucks. Da, 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 da. I hate, I, I hate, I hate, I hate. Because it's just easier to do that. Right. Or you can be the person to be like, you know what? Instead of say, instead of saying, you know, this is stupid, I'm going to go out and actually experience my area. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to put that effort in. I'm going to, I'm going to take, and, you know, and I guarantee you'll surprise yourself. Right. You know, it's it's a great thing. Um, you know, it's a Friday night. I, I mean, I, I am I am one too. I enjoy going to different venues and uh, and and meeting artists and hanging out in bars because that's where the music scene is. But it's awesome to come here on a Friday night and there's not one drop of alcohol involved and people are having a good time still listening to music. And also, too, this culture to culture as a whole has a positive impact on the community and the fact that if it wasn't for us, this would be an abandoned building that would fall into disrepair and eventually have to be demolished. Yeah. Well, we prevented that from happening by just doing this alone. Yeah. We've now, you know, kept a part of the community alive. piece of history yes and a very important piece of history yeah you can walk around this building and see like there's some a of the, lot of it there's a lot of the history still in here and, yes you know what i mean and it's it, that's a cool thing as well yes 
and uh, you walk in, there's book there's book sales going on. Yeah. There's T-shirts. There's local. You know, I mean, there's people are doing printing here. There's you know, you can. There's it's just such a uh, a melting pot of different things in the area that this right. that this building and this culture to culture provides. Yes. So that's one thing. As like you know, we're we're actually having an impact on the community in more ways than you can imagine. Yeah. I I'm I'm all aboard with it. I, I love what you guys do. Thank you. In closing, is there anything you wanna you wanna wrap up with or anything well, you wanna um, get off? Well, our uh, conversation cafes are every Friday night from seven to ten. Um, you know, if you're in the area, please stop in. Don't be afraid. You're all welcomed here. We're all friends here. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ha- are alone, come on in. You won't be alone anymore. No, it's like I said, it's 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 a very powerful experience, and 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 stuff like this is and, and using social media in the proper way and putting a message like this out there is, is what people should be doing instead exactly. of spreading that negativity. But thank you so much for sitting down. Oh, with me. thank you for having me. And, uh, and we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely do some more stuff in the future. Yes, I hope yeah. we do. I'm going to try to come here more often, with, and we'll we'll get more go- things going. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, man. Hey, we're back here with part two. Um, we're going to sit down with uh, with uh, a young lady here, and, and she's going to tell her story. So once again, would you introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Katora. I'm originally from New Jersey. Um, I've been struggling with addiction off and on for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. And and how did you how did you dive in? Like how did you get uh, trapped into this the, the addiction? Well, actually, I can honestly say that my addiction started when I was younger. Um, what I realized is that the rejection and the neglect and the feeling of um, isolation a lot mm-hmm. um, had drew me to that because it took me into a world that I felt like I could relate with other people mm-hmm. you know as to being alienated okay yeah so some of the some of the stories we have talked about before with with addiction um, a lot of people when outside perspective of people that 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 they don't they've never suffered addiction or been through those shoes or had someone they know been through those shoes mm-hmm. a lot of people see those as oh they're just looking for something they, they want to party and then they party too hard and then they become addicted mm-hmm. and that's not always the case there's there's situations where people suffer from anxiety depression and yes. and, and that addiction is something or the drugs is what they turn to mm-hmm. to to feel normal again mm-hmm. uh, because they either start with you know prescription ed, ed, uh, pills that the doctors have get prescribed them and then they become too unaccessible or there's, there's a whole bunch of different things but I, I always try to break that 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 mindset where people see oh they're they're, they're uh, an addict or they're going through that because it's not a choice that they wanted to be partiers and they just got caught up in the game a lot mm-hmm. of it is because they're going through other other situations that's right yeah so um and you said you've been you've been clean now for how long I've been clean for a short ten months, mm-hmm. but it's been an awesome ten months. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is you know? it something that you've you've bounced back? Like, have you been clean and then fell back into it? Has it been like a vicious cycle? Is that? Yes, it has been a vicious cycle. But what I had to realize is that I had to first of all accept that I was an addict. Mm-hmm. That's something I didn't even understand the disease of addiction. Yeah. I learned about all that in Guadenzia. In 2017, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm almost 40 years old now. And it's like, you know, all those years that I spent out there running, how I never knew what I was battling. Because you cannot beat anything if you don't even know what you're fighting. Absolutely. You got to learn the tactics of it. And so being in different programs and talking to other people, I've learned tactics, skills. I've collected tools to use. So... I take it a day at a time, and I'm really praying that this is my last, that was my last fall, mm-hmm. you know, and 
this will be my 10 months and counting from here on out. Awesome. And and, and I, you're going to come back to, you're going to, well, we're talking a little about, you're actually going to be moving to the Pottsville area now, right? Yes, sir. So, so we'll be we'll keeping tabs on you here at Culture to Culture. How did, now you said you found out about this from Pastor Vinny, correct? Coming yes, here? yes. Uh, what, what has your experience been with Culture to Culture and Conversation oh. Cafe? Great. I feel I really feel at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an artist inside out. So mm-hmm. poetry, any feel that I get when I come here, I feel like I have all of that. I feel like I'm just at home. I don't feel like I'm judged. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's a really easygoing place. Um, you meet all different type of people. It's, you know, diverse. Um, it's safe. Mm-hmm. You know, so my experience overall with culture to culture has been amazing. Awesome. Now, um, what was your 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 like your light switch moment ten months ago that you said, "Hey, this is a, this I wanted. I wanted this is gonna be my last time. I, I don't want to do this anymore." What was what was that moment? I'm glad you asked that. Um, well, I had actually went back to New Jersey and I had when I had relapsed mm-hmm. and um, I called myself hanging out partying. And took it too far as usual because I'm an addict, right? Mm-hmm. So I woke up in someone's backyard at night. Okay, don't know how I got there. I woke up, I was scared, I was alone. Thank God I was fully dressed. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God for that because all kind of things happen, especially to women. Yeah. You know? And when I woke up, I just said, I can't live like this. This is it. I had to go. Mm-hmm. I, all my personal items were still there, like my credentials. Only thing that was going was the phone, mm-hmm. which was good because I used that phone to do things that I had no business doing. So you lost a lot of contacts and a lot exactly. of numbers you didn't need anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So I believe all, all of that in one was, a, it was just a, a sign mm-hmm. that it was just time for me to stop. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Yeah. And, and like, like I said, we've, we've had conversations before I had with other people and I mean, I, I've had stories where people, we've, their friend, like the, we had Meg on and Meg's story was she, she watched her, her friend, she lost her boy, her boyfriend mm. and her brother to, to, to the, to the drugs, to yeah. heroin. And, uh, she, she like, they've watched each other overdose numerous times and mm-hmm. it was never that light switch moment. So it, 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 it comes, but not always the way you plan. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, that's, I'm glad you're, you're safe, but it's, yes. it's funny how the universe works, how you, everything yes, was is. still there except the phone, except the, the, one of your main enablers would, would the exactly. phone. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Now, um, you went through it. What was the name of the program once again? It was um, Godizia. I first went through a place called Vantage House mm-hmm. in Lancaster. And then I went to a place called Fountain Spring, mm-hmm. and which eventually led me to a halfway house called New Destiny mm-hmm. um, in Ashland. Ashland. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm from the whole area. I didn't know that existed in Ashland. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm originally, my grandmother used to live in Ashland, and uh, but I'm from that, that, that side of School County. Well, See, it's a really private, a private place, because it's oh, for okay. women with children, so, awesome. you know, it's a really private I'm just really place. happy that there's something like that in our area that I didn't even realize was there. Definitely. That's awesome. That's really, and is that just for people that are struggling with addiction, or is that just for women in general? Is it like a... Um, both. Both? Mm-hmm. Awesome. I have seen both come... Um, you know, some people with children, without children, who struggle with addiction or may just have mental health issues mm-hmm. that may lead to addiction eventually and yeah. they come and get help. Absolutely. What, if, what would, some, what would be a, something you would say to someone that is going through what you've been through? Like, I know everyone, there, there, there needs to come a point where even a lot of people say that you need to find it yourself. Yeah. There, there's, there, no one's going to whisper a magic phrase in your ear to turn your life around. You have to have that self-awareness and you have to be willing to do it. But what, what would be some advice you can give to people first thing i will say is whether you are religious or a believer or not mm-hmm. pray 
because there is definitely something, some sort of energy and some sort of force that is more stronger than you. Absolutely. So I will always say reach out to that energy and just pray and put those words, those positive words out there into the universe. Speak it into existence and think it into existence. Mm -hmm. And bring it to life, what your heart's desire is, and you will see it be fulfilled. Absolutely, I'm, I'm, I I defer when it comes to that aspect. I mean, I, I I love that everyone has something that they believe to, but I'm I'm a big thing with the positive energy. I think what yes. you put in is what you get back. Exactly. And if you speak something into existence, it it will happen. Yes, yeah, definitely. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad we covered all top basis there. <laughs> but I'm, I'm and also I'm super excited that you know you're you're you're, you're finishing the program. Yes. You're going to be a resident of School County. Possibly. Yes, I am proudly. Yeah. We, Jersey, we stole a good. <laughs> One. Jersey. <laughs> we stole. You gotta pump your own gas here. Sorry. Beep beep. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta pump. You gotta pump your own gas. I'm sorry. There's one or two places that are self-serve, but for the most part, you gotta mm-hmm. get out and do it yourself. I know. That's right. I, you go to Jersey, and everyone they say, like, "I'm a Jersey girl. I don't pump my own gas." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm happy that you're a member of the Culture to Culture family. Thank you. Um, it is, it's a great thing to be a part of, and and, yes, I, it is. and and we'll keep checking up on you. And every month we'll say 11, 12, a year, two years. That's right. And, and we'll keep we'll keep in touch and. Keep having fun but thank yes. you so much for sitting down with me today. not a problem thank you very much absolutely all right all right anyone else how did you find just for people who don't know how to find yes yeah how did you find the program that you the program in Lancaster okay yeah well actually it had started off with a a short-term um program basically like you know how they have 28 days 30 day programs mm-hmm. Okay, so what you would do is ask, 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 ask a lot of questions. Do you know any place that I can go to that's for longer treatment? They have all the connections that you need. It's just about opening up and asking for what you need. Awesome. Yeah, I, the question was that she, well, my better half over there said, um, is is how did she find the programs that help her go through it? Like, yeah, start I just asked. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was actually in a 30 day program called Malvern in Catasauqua, Pennsylvania. That's close by Allentown. Mm-hmm. And when my 30 days was up, I have a set of, I have twins, a boy and a girl who are three. And they were, they were little, and I didn't feel that I was ready. So I asked the counselor there, I said, is there any program that I can go to and bring my children with me? You know, that's a longer term until I feel like I'm okay to stand on my own two feet to continue this this walk of sobriety. And they pointed me to Vantage House. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, there's never someone that could say there's not help out there for you. I mean, it's, that's right. Yeah, it's, it it's, is. You got to search for it, though. Sometimes yeah. you have to. It's not always just going to come straight to you. And if you really, really want it, you can you can find it and you'll get it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for sitting down. And mm-hmm. next time we're here, we'll we'll have you back on and we'll check we'll do a check in. Yes. Right. Congratulations good. once again. On thank your 10 you months. so much. Does anyone else like to sit down? No. Sure. All right. <laughs> we'll Thank just, you. Are we gonna play Switch? That was it. I enjoyed it. I thought I would be nervous, but I felt so comfortable. Hey, I, that's what I try. I try. That's, yes, that's, you are awesome. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I, everyone says it looks so intimidating. I said I, I'm not. I don't want to beat my own horn, but I feel like I, I'll put you at ease and have a good time. Beat yeah. it. There's, there, so there's my how review. Can we hear this. Like, she'll, how much- yeah, she'll help you out with all that. Um, yeah. it, but it interviews everyday so, people. Yeah. So, how you doing, man? Goodness. What do we got switch wise? Uh, NBA 2K18. Okay. How is it on the Switch? Awesome. Really? Looks realistic. Okay. Nice. And what else you got? I have RBI. So sports games. Sports yep. games. Awesome. And I, Saints Row the Third. 
on this, I didn't know that was even on the Switch. Yeah, it just came out uh, two weeks ago. Awesome. Yeah, I, ha- I am a, I'm a, I'm an exclusive guy. I have my Mario Odyssey. I have my Zelda. I have my Mario Party. I have Civ Six, um, and I Donkey Kong. Very nice. Yeah, I'm a big nerd too. I like those video games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, tell us, introduce yourself. I am Jordan Miller from Reading, Pennsylvania. Reading, Pennsylvania. All yes. right. Now, what, what brought you to Culture to Culture? How'd you hear about us? I hear about Culture to Culture. I heard it from my peer specialist, Andy. Um, he introduced me. And We're just going to bring you a little bit in there. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, no, I'm, uh, my peer specialist, Andy, had brought me into this. He said, hey, would you like to go to Culture to Culture with me? And I said, what is that? And he said, oh, well, my good friend Eddie works there, and he's doing topics about mental health and different thing topics every week. And I said, oh, well, I think I would like that. And, and um, so I said, yeah, sure, I don't mind. So we went to the first one. And there was a couple we missed, but um, it, it's big turnout, and I recommend it for people. Mm-hmm. Now, what are no the last the story we kind of had was was a story of of addiction. Um, now you, you kind of chilled a little bit. I don't want to put you out there, but what what are some things that you you struggle with personally? I actually struggle with my mental health. Um, I uh, have uh, no addiction. Pull up a chair. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I have no addictions, but mm-hmm. I have. Well, I do. It's video games, writing stories. We won't tell people that that's an addiction, though. Because <laughs> yeah. um, you, you uh, that, then I would be right there with you. I, I, I like my video games. Same. Um, but no. Um, also, video games, big ones, right there. And yeah. Writing, writing stories. That's like one of my biggest things that I'm addicted to. You like. You like. So you're like become creative in telling stories. Correct. What are some of the stories you write? Um, lately, I bank my own, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's about um, John F. Kennedy's assassination. But um, with that, it's like somebody that's been there, but it's a total stranger that I think of. And you see him go through with a daily plaza. He's waving to the president, and the president waves to him. And he's like, oh, my gosh, the president waved to me. And then all of a sudden, the, f- the first shot hit rings out he doesn't react and then the second shot and the third shot he doesn't know anything that's going on and then when he gets home well when he gets in his car he heard this news that president kennedy's motorcade was shot at and he's like oh my gosh well i was just there and nothing seemed evident so so you're you're telling a story of history but a fictionalized version of it through someone else's eyes. Correct. That's very. That's awesome. That's a cool idea. Yep. And yeah. I, my life goal, though, is to actually solve President John F. Kennedy's assassination. Awesome. What's your theory? I don't think Lee Harvey Oswald did it. Um, I think he was the escape goat. Yeah. Do you think he was still involved in any point in any way? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I think somebody paid him to make believe he shot him. Yeah. And. If you watch on YouTube, um, the Zapruder film, you can see that on YouTube. That actually has the whole film of it. Mm-hmm. And then you can also watch um, the police tapes that when they brought Lee Harvey Oswald down from his down the elevator and basically into they were leading him to the transport. And believe it or not, there was a, a car that was backing up, and they blew the horn, and then. They didn't think anything of it. And you'll actually see Jack Ruby look like over his shoulder of a newsman, and then he'll look right at, and then you'll see 
uh, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald look right at Jack Ruby, nod his head, and quickly look back. Mm-hmm. Like he's staring straight ahead. And then Now, Lee, Lee Harvey also had an assassination attempt on his life. Yes, and that mm-hmm. was confirmed. He was had his assassination attempt, and it actually worked. By Jack Ruby, um, his real name is Jack Rubenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Ruby was, got in there, put the gun to his abdomen, and pulled the tr- a mm-hmm. gun with a thirty-eight caliber and shot him right in the stomach. And right away, they um, wrestled him to the ground, took the gun from him, and they um, were loading president, uh, not president. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald up, and basically they were. They, it was delayed because they had the armor car backing up, and then they had to move that, and then they had to move the car. It's funny, it took a long time to get to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, my my theory is, I um, that's a cool topic. It's yeah, I like this. This is so. This is a great example that not always time when you come and interviews everyday people, you have to tell personal stories. We're we, we're talking about something completely different, so this is fun. But one of my theories, I always thought um, Lee Harvey Oswald was somebody who suffered with mental illness, and I thought he was a very easy target. To make him do something that he was like, do something. So I think he was set up to go to that that tower and and take a shot. Did that shot land? Who knows? Um, but he was also a very easy person to be like. If he wasn't gonna, if even if he missed that shot, it was still gonna happen regardless. And that was the fall guy. And then all of a sudden, he's getting assassinations have put on him, and he was he wasn't supposed to be able to tell his story at any point in time. Oh, without a doubt. I yeah. mean, Jack um, Lee Harvey Oswald, like you said, I believe he battled with depression. Um, also, I, we didn't know it at the time um, PTSD because he was doing different things mm-hmm. for the military um, they said he was all involved with the CIA mm-hmm. but um, also with the Soviet Union yeah but um, they didn't call it um, PTSD at the time they called it shell shock yeah until after World War Two, mm-hmm. and we, who knows like you just said um, yeah maybe he, he was the person that shot the gun and oh man now I got a panic and now he's hiding the rifle but now did they take his handprint and into the gun too but we don't know because that wasn't back, back then it wasn't big yeah and it's funny when something like that they don't do the normal test that they normally would do in those situations but, but yeah like you always hear a story like where um, I'm trying to think of a, like this is probably like people get, but the the mumia from Philadelphia, the guy who they said shot the police. Well, he, he was uh, charged for, but like they never tested his hand for gun res. Like all this stuff that they normally would one thousand percent do in certain trials are like, oh, we just didn't do it that time. Like why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So and he always he always question. The culture is different. Yeah. Like I saw this amazing thing about Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Here we're, we're gonna do this. You're good. Uh, you're good. So on the one part of the Ted Bundy tapes, he was. Uh, representing himself in Colorado yes. he was his own lawyer and so they let him go into the law library and they would just let him in there by himself yeah that's and how he they, escaped and there was a guard outside yep. and then he figured out how much time he had in between when the guy would peek in hey you alright yep but, and then he just jumped out the window yep. and then they showed live interviews of like the local DA and the local police they're like you know Thinking about it now, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Why did we leave? He was such a good. He was such a good charmer. He even charmed the police to let him. But at the time period you lived in, you just yeah. 
people 100%. were just a lot more naive and mm-hmm. they weren't as suspicious as we are now. Yeah. Now he was saying that you're his his peer peer support specialist. Yeah. How did you get involved in becoming a peer support specialist? Okay, so it's an interesting story. So I've had, I've had I've had mental illness my whole life. I've heard voices since I was six years old. But when I was younger, well, I did start trying to talk about it, and then once my family realized what this was leading to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just basically, you know, he didn't talk about it in those times. Mm-hmm. So at, at that point, I just grew up my life just, you know, becoming a chameleon, you yeah. know, blend in that, with the normal people. Yeah, that's exactly what we talked about earlier. Yeah. At those times, it was different. When when were you officially diagnosed? Okay, so well, I, part of the, my story is I was, man, I'm, I'm not like a quick cycler. I was manic until my, into my 30s. Okay. So I honestly, had a, I knew I was, well, we called it manic depression mm-hmm. when I was younger. I knew that's what I was mm-hmm. you know, or what I had. Yeah. And then, but then I went from being manic to like morbidly depressed. I was suicidal for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, you know, I, I, sh- I need to swallow my pride and let go of some of the things that were ingrained in me. I need to, you know, get try to get help. Mm-hmm. So naturally, you know, you get a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, that self-awareness kicks in. Yeah, and then, I, you know, I was diagnosed. And honestly, for for me, that was kind of a good feeling because it's like, well, I've been trying to tell people this <laughs> yeah. for 30 years. And, mm-hmm. and I used to have this joke, uh, see, I'm crazy and I have papers to prove it. <laughs> yeah. So, But what happened is, so when I, you know, I had a lot of extreme changes in my life i had a business i had to get out of that and i ended up working in a gym and i opened the gym up at four o'clock in the morning worked till eight o'clock and i became very transparent and very open and was talking to people and then what would happen is people that came into the gym they'd be hey uh andy i have a brother that's schizophrenia would you mind if he came in? i think he would like to talk to you and then before you know it there was like six to ten people every morning it's five o'clock in the morning and we were sitting in these tables and from the gym, we basically were having a peer support group. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And it, I felt great, and I could tell they felt great. Well, there was a psychiatrist that was coming into the gym every day, and he would watch this for months. And then one day he just came up to me, and he said, you know, there's actually this thing called peer support now, and that's what you're doing. You know, Would you like to do this as a job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what a job? <laughs> and then he got me into the certified peer specialist class, and then... That's where it went from there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, something like culture to culture. What what does this place mean to you? And, and what are some of the things that you like about culture to culture? Okay, so idealistically, I like this because this is like a, a raw. This is like a a, a a capsulized version of what Pierce what really should be. Mm-hmm. It should. It's about relationships from individuals to community. And there's no, it's not like a business involved. Decisions aren't being made by, you know, uh, analytical things. So, but the problem is you do have, when it comes to like an agency or promoting peer support in a professional realm, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, funding and insurance is involved. Yeah. And so you have the conflict of what it really is. And then you have the outside people trying to come up with an evaluation. Like, how do you measure whether it works or not? So I like this because it, everyone gets it. It's it. It's in. The, you can't put it in tangible words. You just, if you come here, and I encourage people to come here, you'll understand what I'm saying right now. Yeah. You just. It, it doesn't need to have a ver, uh, 
word by word description. It, yeah. It's basically human relationship. It's yeah. the human experience, and it's connecting on on a peer level. And a yeah. peer just means equal. Yeah, and so, and just speaking speaking of watching, like you you have your your team of people that you're still helping, and you like first time like you came. You didn't really talk to nobody. You kind of kept to yourself, did your thing, and then you worked up your courage and you went up and, and shared your story, um, and and it was amazing. And you can you can definitely tell, like just from you coming here week every other week, you're, you're opening up more. You're 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 and you're you, you could be the next Andy. You can help people. Like you're 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 at that level. Like you're getting to that level. Like you you've understood where you're coming from. You you've you've tackled your pat. You're tackling your past demons and and you're you're socially opening up more, which is awesome. Well, um, good news is um, I'm actually going to try to be a peer specialist. And yes, um, it is hard. I mean, I was never this open before in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I couldn't talk about my mental health. And I was like, oh, if I tell somebody this, I'm going to be looked at like, what? Or, whoa, he's a little delusional. And when I was in school, my friends would I would want to hang out with them. Oh, yeah, we could hang out. Um, just give me another 20 minutes and then I'll come get you. And I would wait 20 minutes and then 20 minutes became 40 minutes and so on and so forth. And none of them showed up. And it's like, you know, that kind of hurt. And, you know, I, I was the outcast in school and, you know, trying to talk to my so-called normal friends. They, they weren't friends. Mm-hmm. They were nothing but not friends. Yeah. And you know what's really cool though? They, I think it's cool because you know what? They lost out on a, meeting a great guy and hanging out with a great guy. Yeah. And, I mean, through my years, I mean, hey, I went through a lot. I mean, and then I was um, for, there for a while. I was training to be a wrestler. I, I'm a volunteer firefighter. For, um, Thank you for that, by the way. Oh, you're I, welcome. I come from a family of volunteer firefighters, and that's a, it's a very brave thing, and it's a great thing you do for your community. It's actually kind of cool. I mean, and I... This is what one of our friend, my friends said, you know, you're being the brave one going in and you're being nuts by going in and we're the ones that are being brave and smart by running out. Why, mm-hmm. why do you run in? And, and I tell them, you know, it's because I want to save my community mm-hmm. because I helped build this and that's why I'm a firefighter. I don't want to just sit there and go, oh, I'm not going to do anything. That's not me. I love to help out. Yeah, that's awesome, um, man. By the way, that's uh, how we're building his uh, to develop to become a peer specialist. One day, I keep using that as an illustration. Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, Jordan? You have to look at this as like you would a fireman. You know, yeah. when you see a fire, you identify a problem, and you just want to go in and do what you can. You yeah, know? and you're going to do whatever the circumstances dictate. That's what you're going to do. Yeah, and so you know, as a peer specialist. You just you're there to help someone in need. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Just just from the four or five experiences we've had together, and um, I mean the first couple times we really didn't really introduce ourselves. We just had high passing and stuff. But just watching you, like you get more. Even when you go up the first time you were on stage, and then from the last time you were on, you're talking about very deep things that you went through. But when you come off the stage, like you, it, you're very brave, and you're you're doing an amazing job. And just watching that transformation within the last couple months has been phenomenal. Oh yeah, I mean you're doing a good job. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I recently lost my dad. I mean, my peer specialist that's next to me, he can even tell you. I mean, when I lost my dad that night, I can honestly say I wanted to end my life. And I said, Andy, could we go right to the? Can you drive me to the emergency room? 
And he said, why? And I said, it's because I want to end my life. Just because I want to be with my dad. And we were at the traffic light, and thank God it was red. And I said, no, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. My, he goes, I'm actually glad you said that because why? Why did you want to do that? And he said, you know, I'm not trying to sound mean or anything, but that's kind of heartless, don't you think? Because you would have never got to say your final goodbyes to him. You probably would have missed the viewing and the funeral. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I probably, that's true. I wouldn't have. And, I mean, Andy, my peer specialist, is very helpful. Yeah. And I'm very grateful that he's been here through the journey. And I'm going to keep continuing making memories with him and you and 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 making your dad proud oh heck yeah like you know he's he's no longer with us but he's he's with you in your memory and within spirit and and if whatever a religious affiliation you have you know he, he's watching down but you know like you know you can you could take grief grief in two different ways you can you can say you know what i'm, I'm going to let it consume me or i'm going to take a step back and i'm going to i'm going to make their memory something that people can remember by um a great example of that is we have a we have a team in the area called safer streets tamaqua and it was created by two parents who lost their daughter to a heroin overdose. Now, they could have taken that situation. They could have collapsed. They could have crumbled. They could have done that. But what they did is created a, a peer special group or a group of people or something that in their community where they turn around and now they have events and they bring people together and they're using the passing of their daughter to say, we're making a line in the sand. We're not going to lose any more people. You know, We're, we're going to make her situation, her memory live on forever because we're going to help other people. And And... and you're, you losing your father and meeting Andy and doing everything and becoming a peer special as a volunteer firefighter, you're taking that memory of your dad and making him super proud and you're, and you're bettering yourself with that situation. Yep. Just one more thing that i got to say. This is really cool. I'm actually going to Penn State with the Special Olympics of Pennsylvania with my, my, yep, my softball team. Uh, we're called the Berks County Angels. Let's go, Angels. Awesome. Um, we just did our commercial for American Express. If you go on to special... If you go on YouTube, look up Special Olympics of Pennsylvania, uh, type in Burke's Angels commercial for American Express. I have a little part in it. It's pretty cool. I don't want to ruin it, but check it out. <laughs> no spoilers. Nope. It's actually pretty cool. The coolest thing is my dad was born on June 6th, uh, 1957, which is actually a Thursday. Mm -hmm. And June 6th of this year, we go up to Penn State. And that's his birthday, and ironically, it's a Thursday. And it's kind of funny. I when I was at home, when I was at my house, I actually just recently found his U.S. his old beautiful U.S. Army hat. And it was funny because every time I would see that, he would say, "Hey, I need my hat." Every time he would go out, "Hey, I need my hat." No, no, you don't need it. And I saw that, and I put it right to my heart. And then my Perks Angel hat next to it too. And I said, so then I called my coach one night and I said, hey, do you mind if I bring up my dad's veterans hat? And he said, Jordan, if you don't mind, I don't mind if you do that. I was going to ask you if you could do that. And I said, okay, cool. And he goes, and then I said to him, do you mind if I put it on the bench just by itself? And he said, well, I'm going to add something to it. And I said, what is that? And he said, I want you to put a bat on it. That will insinuate that he's with us. Awesome. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you continue to make it a proud brother, and you're and you're doing a great thing. And Andy, I thank you for your peer support work, and yeah, and thank you guys for sitting down and talking to us, and right. and and. and 
building our friendship and hanging out at Culture to Culture. Right. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out, brother. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I just want to add one thing. Uh, Absolutely. Um, I uh, waived my appearance fee for this. Okay. So just, you know, All right. other Next time. networks are watching. Yeah. I just want to, you know, All right, cool. you're special, so it was worth it. We got a, we got, we got a free pass this time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much.